Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right. Uh, good morning and welcome into the Monday edition of the JP Peterson Show. We got a ton to get to today. A huge weekend in sports, uh, especially locally here. And unfortunately, we have to begin with a horrific story that um, broke over the weekend and just uh, so, so heart-wrenching, frankly. Uh, Good morning to you, Nick Geddes. Hope you had a great weekend. And, of course, we're speaking of Shaq Barrett. Um, God, just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Um, And it's the scariest thing that could ever happen to, to parents. And, you know, being a dad of two, something we always worried about. Um, his two-year-old daughter drowned in the swimming pool. 350 kids um, in America a year this happens to. And trust me when I tell you that there was probably every precaution taken in that home that this would not happen. But it still happens way too frequently around just because of the sheer numbers and how deadly it can be. It is a silent killer. You don't hear a splash. You don't hear screams, nothing, and it, it is gut-wrenching, and I don't pretend to know Shaq Barrett and his family really, really well, but the interactions I've had with him, you never go away not feeling good. <laughs> Shaq is always smiling. He's always pleasant. He's just one of those people that you always want to be around. His wife is, is lovely. I've seen her in, in a, a few of the, uh, of the many, many charity events that they do. They have three other children, and it's just gut-wrenching. It's just gut-wrenching on every level. A Sunday morning at 9.30, I believe, they found her, took her to the hospital. She was pronounced dead there, and it just it sickens me. It sickens me. There's no words to really comfort them. You know, if you're a religious person, as I am, you, you pray that God will give them peace in some way. I don't know how you come back from things like this as a parent. I'm, I'm I literally... Every every day I do my gratitude check, and the first thing I do is thank the Lord for the health of my children um, And because of days like this. And it's just, it's horrific. And, you know, we just pass on our prayers and thoughts and healing vibe, whatever you want to do, to, to Shaq Barrett. Yeah, uh, I echo everything you said for sure. And, you know, he's one of the good guys, and his family are one of the good families. And you just... When bad things happen to good people, it's the worst. And yeah. and any time something like this happens, you know, I haven't reached my the stage of parenthood of uh, yet. But uh, I know you have, and so many others can can relate to this. Yeah. And I imagine it has to be the most like scary thing to even think about losing one of your kids, and especially at two years old. And you know, I think she just had celebrated her birthday yeah. like not too long ago, and I was yeah. looking at the pictures on Instagram and. I mean, and that just the whole family. They got three other kids, and I just, I, it's hard to put into words. It really is. Yeah, we didn't have a pool at our home, but uh, my, uh, my in-laws did, and my kids spent a lot of time over there. And, you know, there was, did the fence thing and the alarm thing and all those that you put around the pool. You, could do, you do as much as you can, and I'm sure the Barretts have done all that. And you don't blame anybody. It's just these things happen, and they're just horrible. 
and uh, anyway, our, our thoughts and prayers going out to him and, and his family. But it was it was a huge weekend in sports, and um, we're going to get to the disappointment that was the Tampa Bay Lightning, but for some reason, I just don't feel as crushed as I thought I might. I certainly don't feel as crushed as the Boston Bruins fans feel this morning. There's no question about that. Uh, after losing Game 7 to the Panthers last night. Um, so we'll get into that. The uh, the Bucks draft, I think, is is has been so interesting and a lot of interesting players. We're going to talk a lot about their backgrounds and who they are and what they are and what impact they may have short-term, long-term. Um, the Rays had some very interesting, weird games this weekend, but they're, they're uh, continue to, to roll, no question about that, and uh, lots of stuff. And what Steph did yesterday in Game 7, I don't know if you saw any of that. Oh, I did. <laughs> Holy hell. That was unbelievable to watch. Uh, it was unbe- it was. I, I didn't watch the game itself. I watched most, but most watched the, the long form of the highlights. What a, it was like the globe. He was like Curly Neal out there. What the hell? <laughs> it was like watching the the globe trotters. It was a, it, insane. First person to ever score fifty in a game seven. And, I'm surprised that's never been done before. Yeah, me too. Uh, but it, it just goes to show how hard it is to do. Yeah. I mean, it, these are typically really, you know, scoring any basket in a game seven should be very difficult to score 50 points in the way, in the manner that he did it at age, what, 35 is he, he's now? And now they can move on to push Lakers. Yeah. 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 So we'll get into all that. So uh, we'll start this morning with the Tampa Bay Lightning as they get ousted from the playoffs. And we'll get to the draft here in just a second. You don't have to wait too long. Uh, it's so apropos that the they lose in overtime at home on a goal that is just thrown at the net haphazardly, hits off Darren Radish's skate and goes into the freaking net. And Vassie never saw it. That's the way this series should end. No question about it. A complete fluke goal, which most of them were. And listen, I'm not here to, to take anything away from Toronto, but you're not the better team in this series. You just weren't. Yeah, you weren't. I mean, I want to sit there, and, and I know that you will hear from Cooper and the guys that give all the flowers to Toronto, but the bottom line is they were not the better team. You look at the analytics, look at the eye test, look at anything you want to look at. The Lightning were dominating that game uh, in the first period, certainly. Um, for most of the, that game, they were they outshot them, they outchanced them, they out everything. They just, as Steven Stamko said, they could not capitalize on their opportunities. And these are not bad players. They're great shooters. They're everything that we, we know that they are. They just had a bad series shooting the puck. I can maybe think of a handful of saves that Samsonov made. But the bottom line is, he was better at keeping the puck out of the net than Vasilevsky was. Is he better than Vasi? Hell freaking no. Not even close. Not even close. And let me, I'm here to tell you, Toronto ain't going anywhere. They're not winning anything. They're not. I, I, they just—they were not impressive to me. And I know you can look at the stats, and Marner and, and Matthews had some, and they were certainly—they—they they put up more points than the Lightning top line. Oh boy, no, yeah. no question about it. <laughs> but I still can't sit here and go, "Oh, they were the dominant force in this series." They got a lot of tip-ins, a lot of tip-ins, a lot of garbage goals. I, 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 don't, I know I sound like a homer, and I know I sound like somebody who works for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I'm not the only analyst no, li- that has said this. I agree with everything you said, and I, I, I might sound like sour grapes, but I, I agree with you. This team's going nowhere. Okay, I, don't, I, don't, I, I sat there and watched that entire game again, and after the game ended and I saw the goal go in, I probably just I sat on my couch for 30 minutes after just staring at the TV, <laughs> didn't say a word, no reaction, 
and I'm just in my head, I keep going over every game, and I'm like, this, it's just, to sum it up, it's the series that got away. It's yeah. really what it is. I'm yeah. like, how can you play this well in about 90% of this series right. and somehow lose in six? How can you have, how can you lose three straight games at home in overtime that you dominated that you dominated <laughs> how can that happen and even in overtime it's like the lightning came out and they had the pay- again they had the play it carried yeah. over from the third yeah and Toronto gets one spell in their zone <laughs> and they do a really good job on the on the boards i'm not yes. going to give them credit yes. there Tavares was a beast he was a beast yeah. on that on that final shift and just thrown in the net it was so apropos yeah the lightning just couldn't get a bounce and listen it's part of it. It's part of it. Stamco said you don't win, you don't get the three Stanley Cups without getting the bounces. You don't, right? Yeah. But just for the fact, for six games to not get just a single one, it felt like. I mean, it's it's just hard to reconcile with. And so, like, you know, everybody's saying, oh, well, this has been such a great run and everything. And I said it too, and it's over. Like we're looking at it like it's over. It's hard for me to say that because of yeah. how good they played. This has been a rocky year. And I think they played their best hockey when it mattered. They did. And they got they nothing to show for it. They did. Truthfully. I, I mean, I, when I sit here and say, Lightning should have won this series in five, it's true. It's true. They should have won this series in five. And, they, they're, and they're, they lost it in six. And they lost three games in a row at home yeah. in overtime. All three games they should have won. Yeah. and All three games they should have won. And you mentioned the star players, and I got the numbers right here. I'll read them out. Point. Two goals, two assists. Listen, two points, five uh, let's, five. let's let's just let's just before we go through the whole thing, Braden Point. He wasn't close to one hundred percent. Thank you for giving it the effort, but my guy, uh, not what, even close. What's it going to be? Three three cracked ribs. The shoulder popped out. They popped it back in. I mean, yeah, I'm not just a shell of the yeah, player. He for wasn't the second close. straight year. We go out without having Braden Point available for the majority Agreed. of our critical games. Agreed. So he and he had two points, five on five. Stamp goes two goals, two assists. Meh. Kucherov had a goal and five assists, but he had two points, five on five. That's it. And it had been no goals, three assists. And then you contrast that to Toronto: five goals, four assists, four assists for Matthews; four goals, four assists for Tavares; two goals, nine assists for Marner; two goals, five assists for Nylander; three goals, five assists for Riley. Yeah. I mean, the big guy, and Ryan O'Reilly may not be on the score sheet much, but I'd be damned if there wasn't a shift that that guy won every yeah, single time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. again, as much as it is the series that got away and the Lightning outplayed them, the Lightning got death scoring, which was the biggest question yeah, mark we had yeah. in regards to the, the forward group, was that they get death scoring. Yeah. The top line let them down. And, again, there's reasons for that, point not being what he was. That's the number one reason. But, you know, Kucherov, we talked about it, is a, an all-time playoff player. And he is, but he just did not take over games like he used to. I would say the most effective thing that the Toronto did in this series were their cheap shots. They took Chernak out of the series from game what? Game one? Mm-hmm. They took Chernak out of the series on a cheap shot from Bunting, uh, took him out. And one of the key defenders that we needed in this that blocked shots that probably could have kept some of those tip-ins from going, probably could have cleared the zone when they had extended zone time that got some of these garbage goals in. Uh, huge loss. And the cheap shot on, on Braden Point, pushing him into the boards, extending your arms, uh, Riley, and taking him out. To me, those were the two biggest plays of the series. Wrong? Uh, it changed the series. Changed the series. No question about it. In a series where and the Lightning still were the better team. 
with both of those guys out, they were still the better team. Yeah. And, yeah. And they lost the series. And look, I'm I'm going to sit here and say this. Could this could this Lightning team have won the Stanley Cup? I don't know. It's wide open. The Abs are out now. Boston's out now. I mean, could, could they have it? To me, what it would with, with the Abs going out and Boston shows me more than anything else is how incredible this run has been from the Lightning. Oh yeah, winning eleven oh, of yeah. twelve series over the last three years. Well, it's eleven of thirteen now. Uh, over the last four years, as consistent as they have been, when it can be so capricious. Winning or losing series in the yeah. NHL, it's a coin and, flip and almost every series, and they won eleven of twelve in and, two cups. And clearly, too, this is going to be the year of the team that hasn't gotten one in a while. Yes, I mean, of everyone's available. You got three teams that have never won one. The last team, the earliest, the last team to win one that's still standing is Carolina in two thousand six. So we're going back what seventeen years there, and we got four teams that haven't won one since the we had three haven't won since ones in the nineties, and we have Toronto who hasn't won one since nineteen sixty seven. So somebody's going to break a long streak here. Who do you think it is? <sighs> My gut is telling me that this is Edmonton's year. Every game I watched in that series, McDavid and Dreisaitl are – I mean, every time I'm like – sometimes maybe I'm in and out of the game, like I have it in the background, and I hear a goal, and I look up, and I'm like, oh, it's McDavid. Oh, it's Dreisaitl. Like McDavid feels like he can score every time he gets. If the they puck. want to, they can. <laughs> it just feels like he, if he goes to the net, then nobody's going to touch him. It just I feel I just feel like that. Yeah, so I, I think or he's going to make a play that, to create a dangerous chance. I think they're there, and I tell you what, I think the Florida Panthers are uh, onto something. And you want to know why? Yeah. You want to know why? Why? This whole thing about being really good in the regular season right. and then learning from the team, they got yeah. their ass handed to them last year by the Lightning after yeah. they won the President's Trophy. They did. And now they've come back this year, perceived to be a little worse on paper, squeak into the playoffs, right? Maybe the Panthers were doing what the Lightning had been doing. They were conserving. Right. Turning it on at the end, getting to the playoffs, elevating your game. I think they were trying to figure out their team. That you too. Know, they had a new they head coach. they figured it out. They figured it Implementing out. Implementing a couple new players and Takes stuff. Takes some time. And Matthew they figured Kuchuk it out. Is a freaking... Matthew Kachuk has changed that team. <laughs> totally changed that and team. I, and I, I don't think you believe in Toronto that much. No. Toronto's think, not going anywhere. I think Florida's getting past them. Yeah. I um, think Florida beats them. We'll see what happens with the Rangers and Devils. They're going to have a game seven. Uh, and I'm not – I don't I don't think Carolina has the scoring to get it done. So No, and they're too hurt. So I think Florida has a good path. So right now I'm feeling Edmonton and Florida. I'm rooting for the Kraken, though. Yanni Gordon, the Kraken. Oh, great story. Yeah, I'm rooting for them. I would love to see them bust through. That would be fun. Uh, let's hear from, uh, you want to hear the Tavares game-winning goal? You have it on my sheet. I mean, I, I feel like I had to add it. Yeah. Who's, who's the call? Uh, Sportsnet. Well, let's so hear. I'll give you the, this is, the this is ca- how the lightning season ended. <laughs> the Canadian call here. Yeah. Let's see how much. Tavares keeps it going, and it's John Tavares behind the net. Coming out in front. Sounds like a borderline home game to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't hear that, unfortunately. Um, oh, you couldn't hear that? No, for some reason there was. A, we have a, a, a setting here that's not allowing me to hear that one because it might be mono or whatever. I can only. I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't hear it, to be quite honest with you. It, it was just, you know, sitting up. We were sitting up there in the Chase Club. I'm, I'm watching the game with Bradley. Uh, <laughs> we had an incident in the Chase Club. 
An incident. An incident. An incident. There was this jackass up there with an Alabama hat on. You know who you are. Just <laughs> grotesquely harassing women. Oh, my. Including my girlfriend and Bradley's wife. Yeah. We're, we're doing some investigation to find out who this guy was. Just, I mean, grotesquely harassing women. So much so that women had to leave their seats. It, it, it was, anyway, uh, it, will be, it will be dealt with. Um, Wait, speaking of the Chase Club, did you see Edge and Christian in the Chase Club by chance? Who? Edge and Christian. Who? The, the wrestlers. No, I don't even know who they are. You don't know who Edge is? No. I have no idea who oh Edge is. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea who Edge and Christian are. Oh, my God. Well, they were rooting on the Maple Leafs. They're both from Toronto. Oh. Get lost. But they were in the Chase Club. Get lost. Well, show me a picture of them. Maybe I saw them. Are they big galoots? Huh? Are they big, you know, like normally uh, you can, you, you can not, peg wrestlers, you know? I, I don't think you'd probably think. No? No. Edge is one of the greatest of all time. There they were. They were there. There they were. Uh, no, didn't see them. Yeah. Didn't see them. Yeah, they're right there. They're in the Chase Club. No, I did not see them. If I saw those two guys, they would not. And then here they were after they got the final goal. If I saw those two guys, I would not say, oh, those are wrestlers. I thought you would know, Edge, but I guess, no, whatever. No, of course not. Of course whatever. not. Whatever. See, look at that. They're coming at you in the comments. <laughs> oh, come on, JP. I have no idea. One of the best wrestling are. duos of all time. Junkyard Dog and Dusty Rhodes. Edge is main event at a WrestleMania. If you, can't touch, if you can't touch a Junkyard Dog and Dusty Rhodes, Edge and whoever cannot touch Dusty Rhodes. Don't come at me with Edge and Christian. I got Dusty Rhodes and the Junkyard Dog. Edge or Andre the Giant. Edge is main event at a WrestleMania. Thank you. Shut up. Give me, give me, give me Dusty Rhodes. Give me Dusty Rhodes and Andre the Giant. Dusty Rhodes and his polka dots. That's huh? Dusty Rhodes, the bionic elbow. He gets some of this, Edge. Shut up, all you newfangled wrestling people. Come on. I've got time for you. If you ain't got Gordon Soley on the mind, then forget it. Um, yeah, let's hear from Coop after the game. I thought he was very pragmatic after the game. Debate of, like, who is the better team. They beat us four games to two. So it, statistics say they were the better team than us. Um, but we all know do I... Sit here and think we could have really done anything different to change the tide. No, no like we played, we played well enough to win the series. I think anybody that watches series would, would would agree with that. Um, but you can't you can't lose three overtime games at home. Like if you're not going to get a home game, it's really tough to to uh, to win a series. And you know we had the lead in uh, game three and. Gave it up with a minute left. We had a four-one lead in in game four, and gave that one up. And you know this one we had to come from behind, but still, your three games in overtime, regardless of how you think you know the territory of the game's going, if you can't pull those out, then it's uh, it's tough to win. And that's where I give Toronto credit, um, even when they were being leaned on by us. They uh, they were opportunistic. They capitalized on on plays they had to, and when it came for our turn for that to happen, we couldn't uh, we couldn't capitalize. Anybody John, else? after everything this team has been through the past three years and the long runs and the successes, you, you talked this morning about how much fun these moments are. I mean, how <coughs> empty does it feel, kind of right now? I know it's only been about ten minutes after the game, but. Uh, like, listen, 
This team hasn't lost a playoff series in the Eastern Conference since 2019. It's 2023. The we're not used to this feeling. So it's you sit here and do this press conference ten minutes after the game ended. It, it it's uh, I don't know. I, I can't I can't even think of the word. But you're. It just doesn't feel good. Um, but like I said, I think there's 31 other teams in the league that would love to have our history here of the last 10 years, five years, three years. Um, that's why this is difficult because usually we're on the other side of this press conference and, and I'm going second as the winning coach. So um, it, at some point, um, you're not going to get the break. It, it just, it's just the way it is. Or teams would win like 15 cups in a row. And a for a team and an organization that has really has struggled <laughs> in the playoffs, uh, at some point they were going to get a break. It's just, it just sucks. It was against series against us. I mean, I... It's kind of what I had said coming into the to the series that I thought Toronto was eventually going to break through. I just it just doesn't sit well with me. Again, how it turned out is how they had to break through. It doesn't sit well with me, but again, that's how it goes, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's been some better Lightning teams than the ones that won the cup, truthfully, but it didn't shake out that way, right? I mean, yeah. that's typically how it goes. I mean, look, I mean, again, Boston serves as another great example of that. And I don't think. Um What Cooper said about, you know, we're not going to debate who the better team was. is basically him saying, we were the better team. They know it. We were the better team. Everybody in that no dressing room knows it. it. And I don't want to say puck luck is what determines who wins games in the NHL playoffs. But, you know, damn it, it's, it's true. Sometimes you watch a lot of this stuff and you go, you know, flip a coin. You've got to be good enough to be in the, be in the hunt, obviously. You gotta, there's, there's so much that goes into it. And when you have two, good, two evenly matched teams, often puck luck is the difference. And I think a lot of it went Toronto's way. I think they got a lot of good you know, calls that went their way, disallowed goal in game four. Uh, certainly could have been the difference in the series. Um, and even look at the last two games. I mean, the first four games, what were we talking about? Vasilevsky. Yeah. Vasilevsky this, Vasilevsky that, right? And then we kind of said, okay, well, look at the long-range shots and all the deflections. Like, that's going to go away eventually. Right. And the last two games... It went away. Yeah. And he gives up, what, four goals in the last two games? Mm, yeah. You told me that going into game five and six, I'd tell you the Lightning won both games. But of the all scoring the goals, of the Lightning dried up, too. It just yeah. all of a sudden there. Yeah. Of all those goals, which ones do you think were, were bad goals? In the last two or yeah, just in the last, in two. last two games? Yeah. I mean, the other ones, we went through those. You know, a lot of tip-ins. The I, third, the third, the, I think the tying maybe, goal in Game 3 is you got to have. I think the maybe. The tying and winning the, goals in Game 3. Yeah, maybe in Game 5, the first Riley goal where he kind of walks in a little bit. Oh. Maybe. Again. But, but even wire, then, it's a, it's a pretty good shot, I guess. Yeah, look where the scoring area is and how wide open yeah. it is. And I, I'm like, what the are second we? one's not on him there. And then in this game, I mean, listen, Austin Matthews scored 60 goals for a reason. I mean, yeah, that was a good. bullet. Yeah, that was, was a bullet. bullet. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't blame Vasilevsky at all for that one. And clearly, there's nothing you could do about the last one. And he looked like in complete shock. He was in complete that, that shock. But he didn't know where that puck was. It's like he was looking around for it again yeah. after it was already behind him. Like, yeah. and that puck was going way wide. So it's another case of I thought Vasilevsky played his best game of the series by far in yeah. this one. 
and again, doesn't get rewarded for it. And it just and you can't say, well, the offense was. They had so many I chances. Mean, they the so guy. many chances. I mean, they peppered Samson off all game. I mean, Kucherov missed an, missed a wide open on a backhand earlier. Yeah. Nick Paul getting more chances and not able to convert. Uh, Stamkos was in tight. I mean, it was the best Samson, the best save Samsonov made was early in the first period where there was a shot. I want to say it might have been from Pointer Kucherov, and there was a rebound, juicy rebound out for Stamkos. Yeah. And Samsonov somehow got his paddle on it and deflected away, and there was it, the puck was so close to rolling in, and Nyes kind of sweeped it out. Yep. But then Samsonov had a bad rebound later, and Stamkos got it back. Then obviously, knocked it in. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nick you put Paul, on it, putting a lot of pucks into his chest, really. Yeah, Nick Paul had opportunities. Uh, Hagel. Oh, uh, and Mikey Asimont overtime. Asimont overtime. I saw that. I thought that was it, man. I was like, yeah, Mikey yeah. Asimont's going to be the guy. Yeah. I thought he was going to be the guy. And if we get to Game Seven in Toronto, they're not. They're not winning that game. I Toronto's know, I, not winning that game. I got. I got the feeling if the Lightning would have won that one, they would have got seven. Yeah. Let me ask you a question here because there were a couple other like little sub storylines within the within the series of yeah. the game. I got to bring it up. Tanner Janelle scratched for two games in a row. They gave up five picks, including a first rounder, in Calfoot to get this guy, and he scratched for two games. Your feeling on that? Bad matchup. Should he have been scratched to begin with? I'm not debating if Mikey Asamont wants to get in there, but should somebody else have been scratched? I, let's just look at it this way. As we move forward, you know, Maroon, Perry, Belmar. Probably pro- all. Probably all gone. We got, we got, yeah. three, op- we got three openings. He's going to get one of them. All right? That's if true. Not, if not higher on the, you know. But just in this series, for what he was brought in in the capital. He thought he was going to play a role, and I thought he played okay enough to stay in the lineup generally. Yeah. I, I mean, just personally speaking, I would have taken Pat Maroon out of the lineup. I thought he was just kind of slow plotting, not really doing much. Hard to disagree. I, I agree with hard getting Asamont in the lineup. Yeah, hard to disagree. That, that's where it comes down to. And the Lightning, and look, I, you, how, who am, Not I, saying I just, that this would have played a big role in everything. I'm just here to say is like how much, you know, I'm not going to second-guess John Cooper in that situation. He knows a hell of a lot more about what his players can do and where they're at, than, and he's not one to play favorites. I think I think people would say take an issue with no, that a little bit. That's but that's fine. I think, I'm just trying to see like we got to evaluate this trade at some point, and well, some will I think argue it's too early. Some yeah. will argue it's too early, but yeah. it's just not a great look, though. No, regardless, no, no. to pay that much for a player who nope. scored one goal when he was here, yeah. and he was brought in to be a physical presence of the playoffs. And he scratched for the last two games. Yeah, it's not a good look necessarily. Well, I, I think also, you know, you got to stay out of the penalty box. That True. that is more than anything. And who, you know, you know, if there's one guy out there that Toronto could bait into getting a power play, Tanner Jones, because he thinks that's what he needs <clears throat> to do. It's not time for that. It's just not time for that. And one power play could have been the difference in any of these. That's another thing, by the way. Lightning power play was not what, no show, no showed, no you know, show. When they needed it most, there were a bunch, bunch of opportunities in the series. We went, oh, we got a power play. Let's go. What was go. the last power Let's play go. goal they scored in the series? Are we going back to like game, game, three? game three or game two? Maybe game three. Maybe. I mean, complete no show. Yeah, not and certainly not when we needed it. And Ooh. let me and now let me ask you about the second. PK was good. The PK, PK was, was really, really good. good against that that power play. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you the second subplot. The Brandon Hagel non-call. Oh, my God. Into the third period. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of, you know, from behind him as he takes it in the chops and looks up at the official who's literally three feet away from him. Yeah. 
at, with, with the just looking at him like in open ice with everybody to see, the world to see. How do you not make that call? I, I, mean, I mean, I, I just, said I, mean, it. I understand you don't want to. I just from from just from a, a sheer. I've been roughing games my entire life. When you see something like that, your hand has to go up. Like it's almost it should be instinctual. Don't I don't want you thinking about time and score and as an official. That's instinctual. Well, you just the dude took a freaking stick in the chops. It was right in front of you. Yeah, I said. How it on, do you not make that call? I said it on Twitter. It's like I do understand. I understand. In a tense playoff game, the moment, the magnitude, you don't want to be the guy that has to call a penalty. I understand that. But when it's that blatant, when it's that blatant, like to me, it's like a high stick is a high stick. Yeah. You hit somebody in the face with the stick, it's a high stick. Yeah. And especially a guy who's barreling down and trying to, you know, push forward there on a one on one in a tie game, and you impeded his process, his, uh, his, pro- uh, progress. his progress yeah. uh, with the high stick, and you're literally looking right at it three seconds, like three feet away. I mean, that to me is just egregious. It wasn't a missed call. It was a, I decided not to call. Right. Uh, I'm just going right. to put it out there. And why? I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. T.J. Luxmore, the referee yeah. from uh, Timmins, Ontario. Mm. Mm. Not too far from Toronto. So Interesting. do with that information what you will. Interesting. Uh, and that's, again, but it comes when you're trying not to affect the game by not calling the obvious. You just affected the game. Yes. And they've... Well, and the double side coin to that though is we just talked about how abysmal the Lightning power play was, yeah. and I don't, <laughs> I know things. It's hard to like go down this rabbit hole, but like, did I have much confidence they were going to convert on a power play if they got another one? I don't know. The stars weren't the stars clearly in this series, so. But again, you got to call it. Yeah, you have to call the penalty in that situation. Yeah, absolutely, no question about it. And and you go back to the first period of, of Game Six. The Lightning, because I, I remember this when I did my intermission report. They out hit them, sixteen to ten. Outshot them. I should remember the exact numbers as I said I was gonna. They dominated the first period. No score. No score. You you got you've got to be able to make those opportunities count. Let's listen to Stamkos, and I think he really really summed up this series. And and when he's done, I'm going to tell you what the silver lining is in this this whole thing. Here, let me cue him up real quick. Because. You know, and again, you know, Stamkos got the tying goal. He did. It was a big moment, no question about it. But he had many, many opportunities to do something special and just could not convert. And I think, you know, he he talked about those missed opportunities, and I think he was probably the biggest offender. And where did it kind of fall apart for you guys there? Um, I thought it was a series of just missed opportunities for our group. I mean, three overtime losses at home in games where I thought we were we were the better team. I mean, that's it's funny how that works. I, I thought we played better this year in the series than we did last year. It's just, you know, that's a really good hockey team over there. And we saw what happened last year. It went seven. This year, they an even better team. You know, made some really good moves at the deadline. Got in some really good players, and we knew it was going to be a grind, but... You got to give our guys credit too. You know, we battled. Uh, it was just, you know, we let some games slip away and, and missed opportunities. We felt good about our game and our game plan, but um, you know, you got to give them credit too. They they battled. That's what good teams do at this time of the year. You might not always deserve to win, but you grind and you find a way. And, and they got some really good players over there and that had a hell of a series. So um, you know, it's uh, it's a tough moment because 
the run that we've been on the last three years is, has been amazing. And um, anytime you don't get to that level, uh, it feels like like a failure because of uh, the season and the group that, that we have in here. But again, that's a really good hockey team over there. And, uh, you know, they found a way to win four games, so they deserve credit. Season three overtimes uh, here on, on home ice, uh, a place that you have the second best record in the NHL uh, this year. It seemed like you had played well in the extra periods, but the bounces just weren't going away. Yeah, it well, it's to to go far in the playoffs, you need you need some bounces, but you create your own bounces too. And like I said, they 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 got some some good bounces, but you know you deserve that. You create them, but in order to go to go deep in the playoffs, you need you need some bounces to go away. We've been a beneficiary of that uh, the last three years to go to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row. You need some some good puck luck, and um, we didn't have that in, in this year. I didn't think. I think you summed that up really, really well there. Absolutely. Um, and I think the silver lining is, look, I, I don't think the, the Lightning were going to win the Cup this year. And now they get a full off season in essence, to really recover. Um, I think Point may have to have some sur- kind of surgery on his shoulder. Don't know yet. We'll see. Maybe Victor, maybe. Um, what's that? Maybe yeah, Victor Yeah, Victor's again. probably going to have a hip surgery, I would think. Um you know, guys just need to get, you know, I think this team needs to get faster and needs to get younger, which I think they'll do on the fourth line. Breezeball will find a way. Yeah, it's time, um, to, it's time to phase out yeah. the, not to say veterans don't help, but here's the thing. I mean, this team has played so much hockey. Yeah. They already aren't. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm saying, like, Sorelli's a veteran. Yeah. But Points, he's only like, 26. Only, I know they're only, they're only, they're young, but, yeah. like, as much hockey as they've played in the playoffs, like, to me, that's your play. They all have the veteran makeup that you need to win a Stanley Cup. So yeah. I don't think you necessarily have to keep going after the 37, 38-year-old guys right. to fill out a fourth line. Now, they've had to do that because they just don't have money. Right. That's part of it. Getting veterans who want to win a cup to come here and play and you know play, yeah. play cheap and, and give you a little bit. And maybe you might be able to find some But as like your that, core you know? gets older, though, you know, as your core gets older, then you start to get into a dangerous hey, territory. Hey, Patrice Bergeron, you want to come? You want to go one more year? Come here, play for nothing. You know, I'll pass. <laughs> I'll pass, actually. But there's guys like that 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 that'll be out there. You don't know how they fit, how they want to play. You know what? You know how effective they can be. But they'll always. You know, I don't mind bringing in some guys like that. They add. They add a little something to this team. There's no question about it. But it got to be a good fit. And I'm not saying let's go get him. I'm just saying let's. There are guys out there like that that can add to your to your roster. Yeah, and I and I will say too about the the decor. I mean, you you figure for next year, Hedman, Sergachev. Well, you found Radish and Perfect. That's, that's what I'm huge. saying. I was going to get to those huge. two guys. You, you put Hedman, Sergachev, Chernak coming back, Radish and Perfect. I think you got a quality five right there. Boom. And they're cheap too at the bottom end. Exactly. I yeah. think you got in the other three the other two at Chernak and Sergachev, I think their deals are going to kick in. They're long-term yeah. deals, so you got them tied up. Uh, and then Hedman at least for another year or two. So Kalorn's an interesting situation. He's the big one. Yeah, and I think I think Kalorn, he just doesn't strike me as a guy that you know is going to go chasing money. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. He's made a lot of money in this league. Probably been really smart with it. <laughs> He's a Harvard guy. Is there anyone that enjoys living in Tampa more than Alex Kalorn? I don't think so. Um, where's he going to go? Denver. I, the, th- I mean, the tough thing is, he... it's like I saw Andre Pilat as a lightning lifer. Like I got the same feeling, and uh, Kalorn may be a little bit different, yeah, right? He's the longest yeah. tenured bull, and he really like feels like he loves this community. But he's coming off his best season. I thought he was 
great in this series. Yeah. Really did. Entire line, but especially him. If somebody was willing to give Andre Palat that deal last year, and I know Palat's two years younger, so maybe it changes a little bit different. It's, I mean, this is his last chance at a payday. And at the end of the day, it's a business and all those yep. cliches. Yep, so. yep. I don't know. I'm not. It just I'm not going to strike me as that guy. I'd probably go. I'm. I'm probably seventy-five, twenty-five of him coming back ultimately. But I. I still have that twenty-five percent out there that if he gets the right offer, that he could go. Okay. Well, we shall see. But I. I the but bottom outside line of him, is, I mean, everybody else to me is together. But the bottom line is, these guys ain't going anywhere. They're they're not they're yet. going to be a really good hockey team for a long time to come. Um, but they're gonna have they're gonna have to pay the piper, and it's starting now. They don't have first-round picks. They've given up a lot of capital over the past. It's kind of like the Brady thing. They're going to have They hopefully have found some steals in the draft in the later rounds. Um, they, hopefully there's some guys down. I mean, we didn't see Radish coming to be this good, right? We didn't see Perbix coming no, or to be even, this good. I, I'm excited to see a full year of Mikey Asimov, Ma- so, truthfully. I, yeah. Truthfully. Yeah, and I think Tanner Janot is a hell of a lot better than what he's shown so far. We know that. Um yeah, and give me a, give me a healthy healthy group. They're back. They're back. Uh, all right, some thoughts on the lightning from our um, esteemed listeners here. A couple, you want to put up some of these? Um, yeah, I'll get to. I'll start from the bottom. The recent ones. Ian Cole needs to go. He's a traffic cone. Uh, Three point five million AAV down the drain. I, I would thought. Agree with that. I thought Ian Cole started the year really well and tailed off. Him and Bogosian was an awful, awful pairing in this playoff, so yes, I would agree with you. As Mason reminds us, Kalorn has already said he doesn't want to play anywhere else. Yeah, we, That's what I'm saying. He just doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to go chase money. You know? Yeah. He's, he's probably turned his, his – uh, what has he probably made? $75 million so far? He's probably turned that he into like a couple jet billion. Too, man. Loves the Jets too, man. He's an influencer. Where's he going to go? <laughs> um, I don't even know what that means. Oh, he said St. Louis, like Montreal, is calling up Killer immediately. Good luck with that, you know. Um, I know your your friends and all that, but he's got a lot of friends here too. Um, what else we got here? I'm scrolling up here because we had some Ray stuff in the comments, but I'll, we'll get to that a little later. Yeah, we're gonna do Ray's a little bit later on. Um, not yeah. as urgent. Uh, he, Jordan had a long soliloquy kind of here about the uh, the high sticking penalty. Okay. Uh, he thought of the the Lightning fans complaining about the no high sticking the no high sticking call is aggravating. I personally thought it should have been called, but with 15 seconds left in the game, the reality of the situation is you are not going to get that call. The refs only called two penalties on each team and had swallowed their whistles the entire game up to that point. It was an obvious high stick, but due to what in the point in the game it was at, they were not going to give a two minute power play going in overtime. Simply put, when they were letting them play all evening. With that, all that being said, I still would have called it. Yeah, and that's all. I think that's generally was my take on the whole thing. It's almost like if they're in the corner and there's five guys going for a puck and somebody gets high sticked and you don't call it, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Mm-hmm. When you're out in the middle of the ice and <laughs> it's so obvious, you, the, it, you, you're going to be called on the carpet or on the ice in this case because you didn't call it. Mm-hmm. It's it just makes people think about. What's the agenda? And it, it's it's too obvious. You have to make the obvious calls, and it sucks the timing. But be more careful with your stick, you know. At that point, <laughs> and people were trying to say Hagel embellished it and everything too. And uh, uh, I mean, is it part? That's his job is that part one. of it? Yeah, but you know what? I saw Pasternak uh, uh, sell do a nice sell job yesterday. Of on course, a high they stick. all do. Yes, they all do. 
Uh, I think this might have been a response to what I said about the Panthers being a favorite. Toronto fans, be careful what you ask for. The stinking Panthers might have a surprise for you that you don't want. Which, by the way, side note on how about South Florida getting it done as a massive underdog. Yeah. The Heat go in and knock off the one seed, Bucks, mm-hmm. and the Panthers come right back and knock off the one seed, uh, Bruins. And they I both really thought about that. And I think game one of this series, I think, is the same night as game two or game three of that series. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be pandemonium now in South Florida for the next couple weeks here. Yeah. Yeah. South Florida team's getting it done. Yeah. And I, I, and I believe. It's hard for me to root for them. but It's hard. For, see, I, I don't know why, but I'm. I'm not rooting for Toronto. I'm not rooting for Toronto. I'm hell sure not rooting for anything coming out of New York. No. Hell to the no. I mean, in Carolina, I'm indifferent on, so whatever. Yeah, Carolina will be a team I probably root for. I'm just going to go with Florida because, like, it's the Florida team. Whatever. They've, ever won, they've never won a Stanley Cup, right? I mean, they, we've, we've beaten them around for years now. Yeah, they're our bitches. Yeah, I think they've, maybe like, they've so learned you might, something. You want to root for your little brother. Yeah, I'll, def- I'll, I'll call it I'll root for the state of Florida. Okay. Okay. No, I, I don't follow that. I, I root for Toronto. I'll root, like, sure. to me, that's kind of like my rule in pro sports. Like, if my team gets knocked out, I'll kind of defer to the team that's in the state of Florida. Okay. Not in college football, though. That's completely different. Yeah, it's, that's too emotional. That's way, way too, too emotional. emotional. Can't do that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll uh, hit uh, the Bucks draft. Lots of thoughts on the Bucks draft. We'll have a little uh, sound for you on that as well. Jason Lights. Um there's there's some really interesting picks here, but there's also some interesting guys they did not pick, and we'll get into that as well. Uh, we are brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. If you have been in an accident and you want that personal attention, trust me, some of the big law firms, folks, um, you get lost in the shuffle. Uh, go with the folks that will give you that personal attention. That's the Jeeves Law Group and will represent you vigorously. Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Back in three. Are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area modern medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3400 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. 
When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the gold and diamond source. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the Gold and Diamond Source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on select products. And you've probably heard a lot about lab-created diamonds, folks. They hold no real value. You will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab-created diamond. And of course, it's fake. It doesn't mean as much. The Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And, of course, the Diamond Savings Account, where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Homerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Hugo, the medical director, will join us at 1145. Talk about uh, the true body system that they have there that they're getting great results with. Uh, also going to talk about screen time, how screen time affects you physically and mentally. Something I want to get into. My screen time was down significantly last week. I'm trying to cut back on my screen time. What is your screen time at per day? Bears to say. What is it? Seven and a half hours. Well, I'm there too. Yeah, that's a lot. But we work in jobs where we have yeah. to be on those this screens. This is true. This is true. And if you combine the screen time true. for this bad boy, yeah. but we're pushing like 15. Yeah. So you'll be interested in this, in mm-hmm. this discussion, because it affects your posture, your brain, your physicality, everything, the screen time. So we'll, uh, we'll get to that. All right, we're going to let's, – let's talk some uh, Buccaneers draft. Um, look, there are a lot of interesting players. We talked a lot about Kalajic Hansi on Friday. Absolutely love him. 
love him. The more I look, more tape I look at, the more you people talk at him, talk about him. I just I, and I I keep hearing a lot of people say, well, they needed edge right. I did a, a, a show this morning, and they were talking about, well, listen, we uh we we need the Bucks needed edge rusher. They didn't get one. I'm like, no, the Bucks needed to improve their pass rush, and they did. And I think that's how you look at it. Um, Wait, are they ta- was this about after the first round they yeah. were saying this? Well, after the entire draft. Well, they got two edges. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. And But, you know, you, you're grabbing a guy in Jose Ramirez who I think is interesting. A lot of production. I mean, I was like, how the hell is this guy available just because he's he's not super tall? He's a Shaq Barrett clone. He really is. And John, really John Spitek, by the way, yeah. was part of the, the, uh, the group of people in Denver who drafted Shaq Barrett. Mm-hmm. So clearly, he said that yesterday or the other day when he spoke yeah. that he sees a little Shaq Barrett in him. It's kind of the same thing because Shaq led the league in, in the Mac and Sacks, yeah. won Defensive Player of the Year, and went late because he was a little undersized. So I think it's a good six round flyer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he's got you know he's got you know that those things they talk about edge rushers really good Ben great athleticism, uh, explosive, uh, very productive. You know Trey Palmer. Here's a kid that um, led led the league in seventy yard catches. He had three of them. Yeah, I mean that's he's he runs a four three. We need a guy yeah. that can run a four three and, and get down the field. And given how does uh, like dysfunctional and like Nebraska was to like if you get a thousand yards plus in that on that team, right in the Big Ten, yeah, which is a usually a defense league. Like you've got it, it impresses me. Now he dropped the football too much. That yeah. was a thing. Twelve drops, I think. Yeah, it's a lot. But I think they see a better like they're trying they're trying to recreate a Scotty. Well, if you didn't Miller. have twelve drops, you'd be a second rounder. You yeah, know, but they're but, trying to recreate a Scotty Miller, but they got somebody who's a lot more refined as a as a receiver. And he's and he's great in um he can return kicks too. Yes, and they, is, they're still looking for that. Yeah, something that the Bucks have not had like ever. Ever a, a good ever. A kick returner. Servassier Dennis. I, I think you should just call me Servassier for the rest of the show. Servassier. Servassier. Love this pick. Love this pick. Um it got him a one fifty three. And he's undersized, which I like. And he, you know, he he's super athletic, though. You look at his combine numbers and his athleticism and his, you know, his his short term explosiveness, his shuttle, his three cone drill, really, really good. But yet he's not a great cover guy. That no. surprises me. And he's me. really like that's where he really struggles at. And that surprises me. So I bet I'm betting a lot of that's technique. He has the athleticism to cover. Why is he not a better cover guy? Uh, that, I don't you know. know what I'm saying? I don't know, and that's where that's kind of I'm, I'm. This pick I'm kind of on the fence about because of that is yeah. because the linebacker position. I mean, Levante David has been one of the best coverage linebackers in the league his entire time. Mm-hmm. But this is probably it for him. So you need somebody logically. Devin White, we still have no. I mean, it's always going to be uncertain as far as I'm concerned. And what's the big knock on Devin? He's just not a good cover linebacker, right? right? So now you bring in another guy that's not really good at cover linebacker. Now he's really fast. He's fast, and he yeah. can he can get to the quarterback and all those things. But the one thing that the Bucks really need from their linebacking core is what he does not do. And well, I just wonder how much you can coach that out of somebody. The other part about that is you don't have to assign a linebacker to cover running back every play. No. Okay, and this is a lot about defense now. And I hear it's the same argument that you have about Kalijah Kanti. Well, he's not an edge rusher. Okay, but he can affect the pass rush in a lot of different ways. And, and by the way, if you haven't noticed, the league is going to quarterbacks that are really athletic. And when you have a yes. bunch of you know two three hundred and twenty five pound defensive tackles running around out there, they're not they're not they're not closing the gap on on Anthony Richardson anytime soon. This guy is. 
this guy can freaking run. So he can not just because he doesn't line up maybe on the outside edge doesn't mean he's not going to make your pass rush a hell of a lot better. He's going to make whoever the outside guy is a lot better because the, they're not going to be able to help that tackle at all when you've got this guy. And so I, I saw Vita Vea, by the way, at the Mike Allstott uh, event this weekend, and um, I, <laughs> I was like, hey, got a new running mate at tackle. What do you think? He's like, he's like, man, that guy can run. He's, he can, I, I don't know, he's like, I don't, I don't know him, but, man, I tell you what, that guy can run. He's, he's athletic, which is something they haven't had at that position. And that's the theme of the whole entire Bucks draft is they, they got so much more speed yep. in the building, yep. right? And this, to me, I've Especially heard, on defense. Yeah, and this is almost like a philosophy change, I yep. guess, of yep. a Todd Bowles defense because, you know, usually you got two guys in the middle who are 700 pounds, mm-hmm. right? combined and like you said the league's moving to faster quarterbacks and not to say every quarterback I don't care if you can move or not hates pressure up the middle right but you still need guys who can chase and that goes for outside as well uh and the Bucks, I think still are going to have to figure out I mean we'll see right I mean Yaya Diaby the third round pick I tell you what just from a straight athletic standpoint he's like one of the most athletically gifted edge rushers like in the history of like the pre-draft process, yeah. he graded out on like some like this RA, this RAS scale. I don't know if you saw these little graphics yeah. that popped up. He graded like a nine eight seven out of ten. Like he's like in like the ninety ninth percentile of athlete for his size. Pre-draft prospect, uh, like combines, pro yeah. days, all that kind of stuff. So, and it matches the production. What do you have? Nine sacks last he had year. Nine sacks, yeah. and he's ascending. He's still really young. Yeah. So, like the idea is, he has his best football ahead of him. Yeah, I agree. Late, late bloomer. Great athlete, um, you know. Again, when you're when you're picking where you're picking and you're trying to get an edge rusher, the, the good ones are, you know, for the most part, the the, the really proven ones. This guy's got huge upside, yeah. And, I, and I, I like the pick. And Jose Ramirez out of Eastern Michigan isn't. You know, we talked a little bit about him. He, both of these guys have a chance to compete. I think, you know, look, Servasier Dennis is not taking. Uh, no, they Devin just they, they just needed a body in that room. But truthfully, right now, but. But, but what? He'll be he'll be he'll be out there. He'll be out there. He'll be you know, lurking. He'll be lurking. You know what I do know about Servasier Dennis? And he might be. Listen, he might be the <laughs> one starting because mm. who knows if Devin? Who knows if Devin White's going to even want to be well, part of OTAs or part of? May, he might you know pull a Roquan Smith and show up and say you know I'm going to be here and not get fined, but I'm. <laughs> I'm really not going to practice until I get my long-term deal. Well, and Servassier Dennis just walks well, right you, in there you know and says, what I, okay, let me play. I was going to say, you know what I know about Servassier Dennis? He can, he can get off blocks. Well, no, hold on. He wants to be a buck. <laughs> he does. He does want to be a buck. Because player. of his background. Yeah. His parents are from St. Pete, or his, dad's, his dad, rather, is from St. Pete. His whole family on his paternal side are St. Pete natives. And I think they're military, military yes. people, so they're up in Syracuse is where they're located. And they showed him when he got picked by the Bucks, and his entire family were in Buck shirts. Yeah, it's like they had, they'd willed it. They were like, "Yeah, you're going to the Bucks. We know it." His dad's got like a. I heard he got a. Um, he's got like a custom Bucks jersey with his name already on it and everything that he's had. So like, these are Bucks people. So love that. I don't have to doubt that, that. Which that's another theme from this class is there's so many ties to this mm-hmm. team. Elijah yep. Cansey being going to the same high school as Levante David and being a local kid. Uh, Having the same temperament as Levante David, very humble kid, hard yep. worker. Love yep. it. Love it. Um, we just mentioned that one with uh, Servasier Dennis. 
Uh, Hayes, his first name right now is escaping me at the moment. Josh. Josh Hayes from Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get Scott Reynolds' Nep- take on this guy, by the way. Nephew of Geno Hayes. Nephew of Geno Hayes. at an early age. So a lot of Bucks ties to this draft. So Which means nothing. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Cody Mock. <laughs> the dodging it, aren't we? Let's talk about Cody Mock. <laughs> Look, um, really athletic, North Dakota State. Red hair, long red hair. I think we're going a little overboard on the red hair crazy guy. Okay? What are we going to draft, J.P. Sears next as well? <laughs> I mean, I think we're just going a little bit overboard. Did we draft him because he's a crazy red-haired guy that Ryan Jensen's going to like? Uh, Jason Like this is... Uh... He's the first, he was the first non-Power 5 guy to come off the board. Yeah. Um, we, just, we seem to like these guys. And I get it. Ali Marpet worked out. Alex Kappa was pretty good. It's pretty good. His comp, I will say, is Alex Kappa. They yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, if you get that, I think you're happy with it. Well, Alex Kappa was what? A third round pick? A late third round pick? Yeah. This guy's a second round pick. Hendon Hooker was on the board. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Hendon Hooker was on the board. And I get it. A lot of teams passed on Hendon Hooker twice. I get it. We have no quarterback under contract for 2024. None. Uh, I know there's a long way to go, and whoever wins this job, you know, they'll listen. If if Baker Mayfield has a great year, you think he's coming back here if he gets better offers other places? Oh, if he has a great year, the Bucks aren't letting him out the building. I think that typically well, works. Either they don't they don't make that choice. The quarterback position, though, typically you they know, don't make that choice. That's true. That's true. They Baker don't make has that choice. Baker has to like it here, right? If he decides to go somewhere else, if somebody gives him an offer, he can refuse. I can't think of a reason why he wouldn't want stability, though, and to stay here and all that kind of stuff. You would think. You would think you're out of the national media eye. And, and if Kyle Trask wins the job, you know where's he going? Right? Yeah, he's the guy. Right. It, I, to me, if either of them end up having a really good year, they're the guy. But the bottom line is, you need more options at quarterback. You need more options at quarterback. It's kind of what Tennessee did, no? Yeah. Isn't it not a similar situation to Tennessee? Or, or Detroit. Detroit, you know. They well, are, Detroit has where, Jared, where Jared Hennen, Goff was really good, though. And where Hendon Hooker went to Detroit, Brad Holmes, pride of champion. I would, I would just say, like, Tennessee, to me, like, they have ten, Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield at this point, I think, are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. Maybe you give a slight edge yeah. to Tannehill, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then you have Malik Willis. He was drafted in the third round. Trask was in the second round. But we already know Malik Willis is a long shot to be able to play in this league. He Probably. Looked, he looked completely overmatched. Point being is, they got two guys. They got a veteran and they got a young guy that's unproven. And they went out there and added Will Levis with the 33rd pick, right? right. Traded up to do it. So I guess the Bucks could have done the same thing. I mean, listen, I would have liked to have Hinton Hooker at that pick. I think it wouldn't have hurt. My, or my, you could have gone back in later in the second with some some draft capital from next year. To, to he, maybe, but here's my problem. Doesn't, with the, doesn't everybody? Didn't everybody have a first round grade on Hendon Hooker before the ACL? I don't think everybody. No, that's what I hear from Mel Kiper. That's what I hear from Matt. Matt uh, I don't really I, care what Mel Kiper said. Well, I hear <laughs> you know a lot of people, but a lot of the draft analysts said they had a number one and to have. And his ACL is going to be fine by the beginning of training camp. But he's not a perfect prospect. He's I mean, not a perfect all, prospect. Honesty, I get it. He's but not. You're getting him in the in the early third, late second yeah, round. It's if good. You come Listen, back Detroit in. got great value for him. Yes. I'm not gonna, and it's a great spot for him. It really is because there's no guaranteed money to Jared Goff after this year. So if Jared Goff reverts back to what he was before Detroit, then guess what, Hendon Hooker, you're your next guy up, right? It's a good spot. But <clears throat> just speaking to the Cody Mock pick, I saw it and I immediately went. Yeah, 
That was my first reaction to it. Now, am I going to pretend that I had I had studied Cody Mock extensively? No, I no. did not. Probably should have because, of course, this is a Jason-like guy. But the reason why I didn't is because even though he's a tackle, you knew you just kind of look at his measurables and where he came from. You're like, okay, that guy's obviously going to be a guard. Looks like a guard. Played and, a little center in the senior bowl. Yeah, and the Bucks even came out right away and said, we see him as a guard. And I don't know, man. I, I understand, like... I was okay taking Kalijah Kansi in the first, even though it wasn't the biggest need on the team, because I think it was a semi-need, number it one. Wasn't, it was a huge need. It was sem- I, I, would, I thought opinion. it was a semi-need, and it's the best player available, right? Yeah. And I think if you have a chance to get that guy, you get him. He's going to be a great pick. Yeah, I feel that way. I really feel that way. With this one, I don't know. I, I felt like they, had, they have a lot of bodies in that guard room. I like Nick Leverett, Eric Left. I know they traded Shaq Mason, so theoretically you've got to fill the right guard position. But I thought Hainsey... You signed uh, Stenny, who played well in yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, you kind of have a log jam at guard. I don't, know, I don't know how I feel about a second-round pick if we get to the season beginning and he's not starting. I don't like that. Right. I don't like that. And that, to me, they resigned right away that they're going Worfs at left and they're going Gedeke at right, which we told you was going to be a possibility Where's Hainsey playing? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, are we taking Hainsey off the line now? Like... I mean, again, it's not a bad thing to have competition. I'm not going to say that. You don't want to be giving guys you know, jobs right away. You like to have competition, so maybe that's the process behind the pick. But, again, oh, sorry about that. Um, I see the profile of him, and I go, that's just a Jason-like guy. This is a Jason-like pick. And I'm like, how many times are you going to keep going to this well and before it doesn't work out is my fear. And Osiris, if you're looking for a guard, Osiris Torrance was still on the board. Yeah, or even, I mean, if you wanted to play a guy at guard, John Michael Schmitz, he was the best center in this draft by far. The Giants got great value for him at 57. I'm like, if he can play center, I'm assuming he could play guard. If he really wanted to. In Minnesota, there's a lot of pedigree there. Like, I don't know. I thought it was, and I know he grades out really well from an athletic standpoint. Uh, I referred to some of his stuff at the Senior Bowl, and they asked a lot of the edge rushers at the Senior Bowl, who'd you have the hardest time going up against? And, Majority, the answer said it was Cody Mock. Mm-hmm. So that's good information, I guess. Yep, yep. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent on the pick right now. That's the one I'm really indifferent on right now because it's such a premium pick, honestly, at 48. Well, and, for a guy who I don't even know if it's going to start. No, no, I, I agree. You can't, I, I typically will always say you can't have enough big bodies up front. The more you take in the upper rounds, um, the better. But you better be damn sure about what you're getting. Um, in the first two rounds. And when you play at North Dakota State, it's just hard to get a comp on him. And one week at the Senior Bowl does not a career make. So we'll see. I don't like to, you know, to because, look, he's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> he's going to be a lot of fun. He is, I mean. We're, you know, and I love the attitude. Um, you know, one of the things I didn't like is if you're not, if you're not strong in, as an interior lineman, you know, and you've been playing college football for that long. Why is he not stronger than than he is? Is he not? Is he not a a real weight room guy? What, what's going on yeah, there? I, I mean, he grew up on a farm in North Dakota. Right. Uh, I no, I don't think he's a weight room guy. You should be. If you grow up on a farm in North Dakota, you should be. You know, building fence posts and all that crap. You better. You should be stronger than that. If your if your guys are already talking about he needs to get stronger, uh, I'm not not sure that's that's great. But yeah, I'll tell you this by the way. I think the Bucks got a steal of somebody they didn't even draft. Who's that? And that's Sean Tucker, the running back from Syracuse. I think we got an up-close look at this guy at Florida State. Yeah. Seeing this guy. He can play. I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. I mean, 
somebody here in the comments put it that Chris Sims had him ranked as his fourth best running back. PFF had him ranked as their ninth best running back. He was thought to have like a fourth or fifth round grade. Mm -hmm. And they get this guy undrafted. I mean, just to give you a taste of what he did at Syracuse, three years at Syracuse, he had 3,182 yards, 27 touchdowns. It's a lot of production. It's a lot of production. In a major conference. And he took strides as a receiver this year, Thirty high, career-high 36 catches, uh, so he can catch the ball a little bit, 5.4 yards average per carry. He was basically the workhorse for that Syracuse team, and he's 210 pounds, so he's got a nice frame on him. And the Bucks, what do they need? They need a big body back, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for short yarded situations, goal line situations, stuff they struggled at last year a lot. I love this pickup from an undrafted, and I think he's a guy that's going to make this roster or has a really good chance to and be a contributor. Yeah. Whereas a lot of undrafted guys, you don't know what you're going to get, especially year one. We got our new uh, Scotty Miller, too, in uh, Cade Warner. Yeah, how uh, Kurt Warner's son. Kurt Warner's son, a wide receiver from Kansas State who was extremely productive. Yep. Um, we got a kicker, Jake Bates from Arkansas. Um, of course, we got a kicker. Ronnie Brown is a running back. Not that Ronnie Brown from Shepherd. <laughs> He's a Shepherd. What is Shepherd? What is Shepherd? I have. Is it a college? Is it a farm? Is it a what? What is Shepherd? Anyway, that's where he played. It's Shepherd. Um, I was surprised that they didn't take, you know, they took Josh Hayes, the only defensive back that they took. I was surprised that they didn't take a defensive back higher in the draft. Yeah, and I was shocked they took Josh Hayes in general because the second he got picked, I was reading, on, I was reading everywhere that he was supposed to be undrafted. Right. So they kind of took him higher, but it sounds like they got a really good feel for him and, and during the pre-draft process that he came to Tampa and worked out, and it seemed like he was really committed to that, and that stood out to them. Mm -hmm. So he was just one of their guys. He's a blazer. He's a blazer. He ran four 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 maybe. Yeah. At his pro day, so you got some speed back there. Uh, he's a lot of starts. But again, the last thing I saw of this guy was he got cooked against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> I don't know. He's a guy that I definitely want to speak to Scott Reynolds about. Well, tell me and, more about him. And the other part about this is, especially with the defensive players, is they're so specialized these days. There's. Is there something that he does that they really, really like? Mm -hmm. There's something that, that, you know, is he a good zone dropper? Is he good, you know, good run support guy? Um, is he good just a, with, you know, guarding guys who have straight line speed mm. that he can run with because that's hard to find? So, you know, there's – and Zion McCollum's going to have to just step up. After this draft, you say to yourself, okay, Zion McCollum, it's time for you to step up and, and, and mm. play. And you're going to have to play a hell of a lot better than you did last year. Yeah. So, hey, by the way, uh, when I was just talking about Sean Tucker. And, and Richie, by the way, our top two corners really need to stay healthy. They do. They, they do. really need to stay healthy. They do. Uh, but real quick, by the way, because I was just talking about Sean Tucker and everything, I, I guess I missed this completely, but Richie said it in the comments, and I looked it up. So the reason why he went undrafted, he had a, he had a round four grade for most people. They discovered he has a heart issue. Oh, okay. And it sounds like it's not going away. So that is why he went undrafted. So this is taking a flyer on the talent, and, of course, that, that doesn't pop back up. But uh, that sounds like that's the reason why he went undrafted. Well, that's good value then. Yeah, we hope it, that it's everything... still tremendous value, and all he's got to beat out is, you know, Patrick Laird, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Which I think is really doable. Well, and, you know, special teams. How, special you know, teams. How, how good are you going to play on special teams? All those teams? things. Yeah. Uh, the one pick we didn't discuss, I think it's the last one we were missing here, was Payne Durham. Oh, yeah, the tight end at 171. Um, um, 
I said I really wanted a tight end in this class. Uh, I wasn't going for a super slow one. <laughs> I mean, I said I wanted someone more athletic. He catches a lot of touchdowns, 21 touchdowns, I think, in his career at Purdue. Right. But 56 receptions last year. And you see the way he looks? I mean, again, he just he's a Jason like You saw the way he looks? Yeah. I just saw him, and I'm like, yeah, okay. He looks like a weird – he looks like an oddball. Yeah. So he's a Jason-like pick again. And, and big the, dude. And the PFF, he's a big, bigger guy, 260 Huge. pounds, 256. But his blocking grade is 56.7. Yeah. How are you that big in college and you can't block? That's not good. I just wanted someone And we needed somebody who can block. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, besides I mean, Co'Keefe. Coe's going to give it all he has, but – He sure does. He's limited. Yeah, his hands are not great. Not great. But <laughs> saw him at the Mike Allstott thing as well. Who, Coquite? Yeah, looks good. He's taller than him? He, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, he's a little bit that. But he looks like he slimmed down a little bit. He looked, he looked like he was in better shape. Is that a good thing? Yeah, well, he looked bigger and stronger. Yeah, I liked last oh, okay. year he looked okay. a little chunky. A little chunky. Well, not in great shape. It's the number. And no one looks good in the number 41. Yeah. The number 41 makes everyone look chunky. Yeah, especially when you get big pads on and, you know, and you're dropping you the ball. You always look chunky in that number. Yeah. So, all right, I, you know, and I know everybody kind of gave them a, 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 a passing grade or a B, I'm not a B grading, B. I'm not grading any draft class It's so before. silly. It's, it's, it's so silly. It's a way to get content. Yeah, it's, it's so silly, but I, I think the Bucks filled some needs. I, I think Cansey's going to be an impact guy. Uh, I think I have a, just a sneaky suspicion that Servossier, my new name, is going to be a player. And, per, and Pitt, honestly, is one of those schools. Yeah. Not a lot of success in college football, necessarily, like long-term, but <laughs> go through their history. That school pumps out first-round picks and Hall of Famers like nobody's business. Yeah. Seriously. Like Curtis Martin, Dan Marino, Larry Fitzgerald, Aaron Donald. When there's a first-round pick coming out of that school, watch out. Yeah. Watch out. And I'm hoping Kalijah Kansi's the next one. And Kenny Pickett played pretty well last year. Yeah, and even like some of the deaf guys that they have around the league. I mean, even go to Jordan Whitehead, who was a big contributor here. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys in the league from Pitt, and usually they, they all kind of work out. So I'm hoping Servasi Dennis could be a nice Pen- Well, Pennsylvania is a great football, has a great football lineage. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the guys that don't get to go to Penn State, that go to, you know, Pittsburgh with a chip on their shoulder, you know, I think that has a little something to do with it. It really does. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, hit the Rays. Uh, Eric Erlinson's going to join us at 11.30 as well. Chris Lugo at 11.45 to talk about how screen time affects you mentally and physically. Do we need to get off our phones more? That's probably a true statement, and we'll tell you why. So lots more coming your way. We're brought to you by the Golden Diamond Source. And you got Mother's Day coming up pretty soon, kids, so don't screw up. Go get something shiny and beautiful at the Gold and Diamond Source. We'll tell you more about them later on in the show. Stay with us. Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the Gold and Diamond Source. They are the family jewelers and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the Gold and Diamond Source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on to select products. And you've probably heard a lot about lab-created diamonds, folks. They hold no real value. You will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab-created diamond. And of course, 
is fake. It doesn't mean as much. The Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And, of course, the Diamond Savings Account, where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. Braley walls off second base. Braley shoots it into left center field. That's got some carry to it. And we'll get out of here. Home run on a 3-2 pitch. Luke Braley. Yeah, they were saying, Luke, Luke. <laughs> Those old school White Sox uniforms look kind of cool, huh? Yeah, it's the only thing good about that franchise. Right what now. is it, about seven people in the in the? Uh, well, they scared them away after night? what happened on Saturday night yeah. where they looked like they were going to get out with a win finally. And no hit, no hit in the Rays. And the Rays come back and drop 12 on them. I know. I'm like, logically, I'm like, okay, let's get into what happened yesterday because that was a crazy game. 
But what I saw on Saturday night, and I know a lot of people missed it because of the lightning and yep. everything. Yep. I did not. I had my laptop right next to me, my good old nice laptop, watching the Rays as well. And I had just barely was watching it, kind of, because I'm like, they're getting no hit. This is boring. Blah, 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 blah. And this team just turns it on, man. Boom. How many times have they done that this year where they kind of just lollygag through a few innings, and then they get late in the game, and all of a sudden, boom. Smash. Same thing happened yesterday, to be honest. Yeah. Unfortunately, it happened for Chicago, too. Ten runs in an inning. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of runs. Yeah. And and then uh, then they lose? I mean, a tw- uh, so yesterday, they, they take the lead on, on Rayleigh's home run. Yep. And... Then Clevenger <laughs> and uh, uh, who was the other knucklehead yesterday? Beaks. Beaks. Oh, there were a few knuckleheads. Let's yeah. not leave. Uh, let's, let's back it up. You gave up 12 runs to the freaking let's White back Sox. it up a little bit. Let's start with Mr. Poche. Yeah. Who. <laughs> He's not your guy. He's definitely not uh, your guy. Whose guy is he? Kevin Cash's guy. Kevin Cash's guy. That's who he yeah. is. This yeah, is they, this is this is his his, his Devin White. His apparently. analytic makeup must somehow include some really compromising pictures of upper management it's like i'm not going to be the guy that calls for him to be sent down i think he's a major league arm he's got some good stuff but for crying out loud man he is not a high leverage situation guy no he is not that guy there's always something he's walking guys the commands off he gives up hard hits something always goes wrong we gotta have somebody better you know what the problem with this race team and this scares me long term the closer of this team can't pitch in cold yeah this is a real issue yeah Remember last year against Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Couldn't pitch in the cold. Yeah. First game of this series, couldn't pitch in the cold. Yeah, that's This is a good. problem. <laughs> yeah, because postseason's October. Because this is where this team needs – if you start out this well, I got high expectations now for you. Yeah. Right? I, <laughs> I mean, you got a closer that can't pitch in the cold without his fingers, like, doing something weird. Yeah. I know the Rays have the number one – ERA in the league, they have the number two bullpen ERA, but doesn't it feel like there's some underlying numbers on a lot of these guys that a blow-up's coming soon? And no. yesterday was the first sign of it. They got some guys in this bullpen who, quite frankly, don't... Mm, they, need yeah. some, they need to work on that. Yeah. No, they're, they're not a perfect team by far. But then again, I'm not going to boohoo too much, because they just went 23 and stinking 6 Yeah. in the month of April. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good start. This is... I mean, let's not take away way, how historic this was. Yeah, by the way, I think uh, um, here come the Orlando, the Orlando, the Baltimore Orioles. What, what They're that three is? and a half games back. That's what I thought. I thought, I was like, did I see that correctly in the standings? I'm checking it the right Yankees now. The Yankees are in last place. Yeah. I, I mean, we got some pretty good teams in this. The AL East is unbelievable. Yeah. Power rankings. The AL East finished. The power with, rankings are out. The AL East finished with like a plus 160-something run differential. <sighs> Every team's over 500. Uh, aren't you glad that the balanced schedule is here? Yeah, aren't you glad that the Rays, uh, and I said this, because Jeff Passan put, like, all the numbers from the first month up, and the AL East has just, you know, dominated everything. Aren't you glad that the Rays beat up on this weak competition? Do yeah. you imagine if they yeah. hadn't? They'd yeah. just be somewhere in the middle of the, of, the, uh, of the division. Yeah, absolutely. The entire AL East is on a 103-win pace. And look at, look at the AL Central. Oh, you have one team, horrific. one team over 500, and that's Minnesota at 17 and 12, <laughs> which isn't even that great, right? Mm-hmm. Cleveland 13 and 15, Detroit 10 and 17. White Sox have won eight games. Kansas City's won seven games. You look at the West. Um, the Some Angels teams there, but yeah. you got Oakland dragging it down. 
Yeah, and Texas, you know, do you really believe Texas is a really good ball club? Uh-huh. Well, DeGrom's back on the IL. Yeah. Shocker. Uh, but they can hit. They've been the second best offense in baseball behind the Rays. That won't last. Well, I don't know. They've invested a lot of money in there. Five and, and Houston's fifteen and thirteen. That that's shocking. But they've been playing better ball of late. Seven yeah. and three. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're, it's the Astros. They're gonna figure it out. Yeah. Um, the Angels are fifteen and fourteen. They're they're over five hundred. It's yeah. like wow, shocking development. You know, East has four teams. I think so. It's the East. The East is running baseball right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, but again, having a balanced schedule is it's really going out. to help this this race team out. And you and you're absolutely right. You got to take advantage when you're playing these these weak sisters. And with that being said, we're going to find out who the Rays are in the month of May. Right. Because we yeah. got a day off today. The Pirates are coming into the town. Coming into town. The Pirates are twenty and nine. I mean, I I How hate. About that? I want to say the Rays are the best story in baseball, but it's actually the Pirates. Yeah. It's actually the Pirates. Listen to the teams the Rays are going to play in the month of May. They got three at home against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. three at home against New York. I'll be there on Saturday. Three on the road against Baltimore, three on the road against New York, three on the road against the Mets, back home against Milwaukee, Toronto, Who's 18 and, 10 and the Milwaukee. Dodgers, wow. and then you go to Wrigley for three games. Mm-hmm. There is not a let-up in that schedule in the month of May. Nope. So, again... 23-5 and five is great. They really needed to get out to that start, like we said, uh, because now it's going to amp up. They're not going 23-6 and six again. They're coming back to May. the pack. They're going to come back down a little bit. But that mm-hmm. being said, the, the, the good thing I've seen is the offense has not let up one bit. They're never out of a game, right? And they're going to get some reinforcements back. I mean, right. now is going to be back in mm-hmm. the last. You're going to have a healthy rotation. Eflin continues to, I mean, he's been great, I think. Rasmussen's fighting it a little bit. Yesterday, I think every pitcher. I'll give. I'll cut some slack to everybody a little bit yesterday because I think that game probably should have been called at some point with all the rain. Yeah, nobody could grip the baseball. Yeah. It felt like that's bad. That was pretty bad. I thought on Major League Baseball not to do something about that game. So I'll cut slack a little bit there, especially on Beeks who really was fighting it. But he's had two really bad outings though in a row. To be honest with you, so not great there. But but yeah, we're gonna find out what this team's made of here in the month of May. All right, I want to get to we have Eric Erlinson coming up at 11.30. We're going to talk some more bolts and see what the offseason is going to hold for them and, and what he thought of how this whole series went down. So I want to get to a couple other stories. Uh, we, we spoke uh, just casually about the Bruins' loss last night um, to Florida. By the way, hats off. It's not like Florida you know, went out to – they did go out to a 2 nothing lead. Boston comes screaming back yep. to take a 3-2 lead, and the place is just going bonkers. And then, um, you know, Florida, uh, they pulled the goalie, and they get that, uh, was that Montour? Montour, who was Again. a beast in this series. Yeah, just a beast with an incredible shot, short side to tie it up. And then the uh, game-winning goal is our, our friend, former Lightning, How about that? Uh, Carter Verhage, who just roofs one. Scored 40 goals this year. Yeah. We've had to get rid of a bunch of guys that are pretty damn good. For Hagee and, and Johnny Gord, yeah, Andre yeah. Pallott, all these guys contributing for teams that are still in it. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so Florida just crushes the Bruins. <laughs> and and I'm, by the way, I have Leaf fans coming at me on Twitter. They're like, oh, you, know, you said that the Lightning were going to win the game. I'm like, yeah. And by the way, we don't celebrate first-round wins. I know for you it's the first time in 19 years, first time in a generation you've won. But we don't really celebrate first-round victories here. We no. kind of take them for granted. No, we didn't need that. So you go ahead and celebrate. We didn't need but, all the extra cases of Bud Light after a first round. We yeah, didn't need we it. really didn't need it. No. no. Sorry. 
Sorry for you. So good luck. Congratulations, but you're not winning anything this year. First rounds are not considered. I know in Toronto they're important. It's a step for you. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and same thing goes for Boston, by the way. Um, who, by the way, once I didn't know this, one Stanley Cup in 50 years for the Boston Bruins. One. And they've been to, like, five, I think, in the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. And they've only won one of them. How many have we won in that half that time? Uh, three. Mm. And they've been to, what, six cup finals? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It, very interesting. But Boston is... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so, so uh, a friend we have on the show uh, at sometimes uh, from uh, Jacksonville, Rick Ballou, big Boston fan, always comes down here for when the Bruins are here. And he's like, I'm done. I'm done with you, Boston. I'm never going to speak of you again on my show. I'm never going <clears> to. <throat> I'm just done. I'm all Jaguars now. I'm all in on every, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to rope him into being a Lightning fan now. Since we're, we're, we're well, Boston's team. Boston to me is going to fall off on is falling off now because and it was sad. I will say this. It don't was a, don't tell me it was sad. No, 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 do no, not no. play that card. Hold up, let me get there. All right, I, I have a lot of respect for the great players of this game, and to see Patrice Bergeron, the scene of him on the ice, and he's you know every player comes by and is greeting him, and the hug that he had with as much as you think about Brad Marchand all you want, he's a great player. And that hug that he had with the embrace that he had, I'll call it, with Bergeron, it was touching. It was. I mean, Bergeron has been in this league. He's one of the longest tenured players in this league right now. And he's one of the best. He may be the best two-way player I think I've ever seen. He still has his A-game. Really? Yeah, and he's, he's fighting through a lot. He had a herniated disc in his back, and he missed you know a couple games in this series. So he was banged up. But you could tell he really wanted this one. He really, and Marchand did too. Taylor Hall's another guy who's been chasing a ring for a while. This, they really wanted this. So I have some sympathy for that guy, especially Patrice Bergeron, because I think this is it for him. Same thing with David Krejci. But at the same time, it's Boston. It's Boston. It's Boston. Sorry. It was a nice try, though. It was a good try. You're tugging at my heartstrings. Because I just love Patrice Bergeron. I love that player. I love the player. I hate the team, but I love that player. I can't remove him from that uniform. That just makes me hurl. He's likable, though. He's very likable. I think he does it. He plays the game the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. He's one of those guys I would have loved to have seen get a ring. Maybe not the whole team. I wanted to come here and crush Boston on this, and you kind of messed up my whole mojo on this. Well, but. we got to balance each other out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Boston. <laughs> As we said. During the whole season, you run out on that marathon and you sprint out front, and put your chest out as you're coming to the to the finish line at the Boston Marathon, and you're you're 200 yards ahead of everybody on after mile 22. Woo! Look at me. Guess what? Everybody just passed you, and you pulled a hammy. Heartbreak Hill. You pulled, you pulled a hammy. A, you pulled a hammy on Heartbreak Hill, and you're done. You're gone. Psst. Enjoy that trophy. That president's trophy. That pr- no, trophy nobody win. wants that trophy. I, nobody. I, would, I would start intentionally losing games <laughs> at the end of the year if it meant not getting that damn trophy. I don't. You get caught up in the whole thing and the red and the red. That's what I'm they, saying. They and lost just, seven times at home this year, and they just lost three in a week yeah, at home. Yeah, and they all Lightning of a sudden, were the second best and the home great, team all year long. And, they lost three overtime. And the games. great Linus Olmark, who's probably going to win the Vesna based because it's a regular season award, yeah. gets benched for Game Seven. They uh, had to go to Swayman. Yeah. What did you think of that move? Well, obviously it didn't I work out. I think it out. had to be done. Yeah. It had to be done. He had no confidence. And yeah. how about – and the crazy thing – That about, was a blunder of all blunders. And the crazy thing about Florida 
is Bobrovsky is known for his playoff struggles. Right. Yet he's knocked out the two greatest teams in regular season history. He has. He's, I mean, you, he can hang his hat on that all you want. He has, yeah. Yeah, How do I feel about it? That's the one thing I'll, I guess will give me pause, though, for the rest of the playoffs, is he still has a bad track record in the playoffs. Right. Bobrovsky, and you could have a blow-up at any time, and I don't think Alex Leon is the type of goalie that's going to carry you. Mm-hmm. So, But I still like Florida's chances because of I didn't see much of Toronto's game that I liked in this series. Um, and then the Metro, you're going to get a Game 7 tonight. It's on ESPN, so it's going to be in front of everybody. I love it. Rangers and Devils. That's going to be a good one. I thought the Rangers were dead in this series. Yep. For, for three games, it's like they, didn't, it's like they, didn't, they weren't interested in playing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but now it goes to Game 7 at, at the Prudential Center. Um, i be honest with you, I, I'm not a New York. I hate New York just as much as I hate Boston. Right. So I guess for the lesser of the evils here, I'll go with I'll root for New Jersey in this one. Mm-hmm. Because they're a new face a little bit, and I think it'd kind of be funny that New York went out and got so many players to go home in the first round. It'd be a little bit funny to me. And again, we'll soften the blow of the Lightning going out mm-hmm. and getting some fresh blood in there. So that'll be great tonight. These Game 7s don't disappoint. That's no. one thing. No. Uh, you mentioned the Kraken last night. What a How story. About that? Uh, they, they scored Taking out Colorado. They scored the first goal in, seven, in all seven games. Color, or, uh, Seattle did. Yeah. And their big deadline acquisition, Oliver Borkstrand scores both goals last night. Uh, he's been fantastic for them in this series. But that being in Colorado, to me, uh, I mean, McCarr did something stupid, got himself suspended for a game. They had no Landeskog. The whole thing with Nachushkin is a very weird situation, what happened there. So mm-hmm. yeah. let's not act like Colorado was at full strength by any means. But, again, nobody's feeling sorry for you. Everybody's hurt. All right, quick check-in on the uh, NBA playoffs. Um, If you missed uh, Steph's performance yesterday, 50 in Game 7 against Sacramento, who, by the way, is going to be a good team. They're a good young team. They'll be back. But, boy, Curry just absolutely obliterated them yesterday. Um, He was 20 of 38, hit seven uh, three-pointers, just controlled the game. Like, it was incredible to watch. That was... That was one of those moments that you just savor watching that cat play. And now he's going to go up against LeBron. They went. They oh had they, four years. I mean, we didn't think we'd see one of these, but if I ever was looking forward to a 38-year-old going up against a 35-year-old, whatever it is, these geezers, uh, it's this series. And Draymond and what you can watch <laughs> AD disappear as things get rough. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, is, is the see NBA? how he slid that shot in on AD. Yeah, you AD had to get there. that in there. This, this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Warriors, Lakers, second round. But the Warriors, though, and then I tell you this during the regular season, I, I told you, I'm like, they're the Golden State Warriors. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're, now, they tested me a little bit when they went down 2-0 against Sacramento because I thought they looked a little gassed, right? And I even said that. But, my goodness, man, when Steph Curry wants to, it's like he could put up 50 every night if he really, if he really wanted to. Is he, is this, and Steph Curry, it's like his legacy talk now, it's like, you got to almost put him like, is he a top five player all time? He changed the game. He if completely he wins, changed the game. He's completely changed the game. I mean. Nobody, uh, nobody's ever shot from the logo until he came <laughs> along, and now it's commonplace. Yeah, and he's no spring chicken either. No. He's no spring chicken, and he just seems to get, I guess he's better now than he ever, he looks almost better now than he ever you, was. You know, what, you know what is really crazy about it is, is you know, here's a cat that went to Davidson and was you know, an afterthought in the draft by most, and he's become the generational player that, that, I mean, everybody had a chance to get Steph Curry, just about. 
and no, he's too small. He's and he's made himself into a physical. Not, not he's not you know a physical freak, but he's. I remember how slight he was coming up. He was about a buck sixty. Yeah, and now he's you know he's a legitimate grown ass man. That he and he and his physical ability. To, <laughs> um, you know, I heard Tim Legler talk about this this morning. He said to, to be able to put up thirty eight shots in a game seven and to make twenty of them and to be as efficient as he was and to dominate the game. He goes, you have no idea how much energy that takes to just completely be so ball dominant yeah. in a game like this when every when you got five guys that are expending every five young guys, five young athletic, tall, lanky guys that Sacramento has. It's it's it, that was a virtuoso performance. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and Eric Erlinson's going to join us. We'll uh, get his take on this series. Chris Lugo will join us as well from Bay Area Modern Medicine. So, big half hour coming your way. Stay with us. coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with J.P., all right, welcome back to the Servassier Peterson Show. We're along with Nick Geddes this morning as we talked. <laughs> I just love the name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna appropriate that name because I think it's so awesome. Our parents were so uncreative when they named all of us. Eric, JP. Well, actually, I didn't even get JP. I got John. You got Nick. Where's the Servassiers? We don't have any Servassiers in the NHL, although we do have some good names. What's up, Eric Erlinson? How are you? We used to have Espen Knutson. Espen Knutson Euro- was a good one, yeah. European name, though. And, yes, he was named after ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, my friend, the season has come to a close. Um, I, I'm surprised I'm not as emotional as I thought I would be. 
but maybe we all just kind of felt this coming. Um, it just didn't seem like this maybe was the lightning year. But that being said, my friend, I still think they were the better team in this series. What say you? Absolutely. I mean, you look at the numbers, you look at the chances. I mean, that's the one thing. Um, you know, you look at what Toronto's top guys did, and you look at what the Lightning's top guys did. And it's, it's not the difference in the series, but it's a difference in the series. The Lightning got goals from 14 different players in the series and still lost. If you'd have told me that going in, I'd say there's no way they would lose this series because you figured, you know, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, and Steven Stamkos were going to have an impact, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Braden Point had two goals in the series. They both came in game one. Nikita Kucherov had one goal in the series. It came in game one. And then Steven Stamkos had two goals. One was one that actually went off of him. It wasn't his shot or anything. And then obviously the tying goal in goal. game six there. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a surprise based on the way they played. Am I surprised that the Lightning lost this series? No. Toronto is a really, really good team. I think people lose sight of that sometimes. We kind of get focused on what we see in front of us with the Lightning. But Toronto's a really good team. They have depth that they haven't had in years past. Uh, you got to give a ton of credit to Kyle Dubas for bringing in Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari and yeah. you know all these other changes that they made ahead of the deadline because they were always trying to escape their own history mm-hmm. and they brought in six or seven guys who have not even been a part of that history in any capacity and I One and I think that it. matters yeah yeah so um, yeah if you'd have told me that the Lightning were going to lose this series I said yeah I could see that but if you would have told me the way they played in this series that they were going to lose it uh, I wouldn't have believed that. Yeah, and it's it's why it sits hard on me because like they outplayed them for it felt like ninety percent of the series, yeah. and even before the goal in overtime, I thought the Lightning had the play. They had the chance yep. with Mikey Asamont, uh, which narrowly missed, and then you know one great little shift there by Tavares and good good battles on the board and all that, and you just it felt so apropos, right? That that's how it had to end. I mean, was it that too? It's just they just didn't get the puck luck, and you need that to to move on. You do. There's no doubt. And if anything that this, uh, these past couple of days have taught us, appreciate what the Lightning have done, right? Like yeah. you saw the Bruins go out and lose a game seven on a home ice to the Panthers in overtime. You saw the Avalanche, you know, get knocked out last night to the Kraken. I mean, it's hard to win. I mean, the Leafs hadn't won a playoff series since 2004, and they've had some pretty good teams the last couple yeah. of years, yeah. right? So the NHL playoffs is unlike anything else. In, in terms of pro sports, in terms of the upsets and everything else. And a, a big part of that is some of that puck luck, right? Like, you know, I, uh, the game-winning goal in, in game four where they, they lost the 4-1 lead, that puck's going five feet wide, you know? And, and uh, Kerfoot gets a stick on, on his backhand and it goes in the net. Yep. Maybe, maybe you do that play 100 times and 40 of them go in the net, right? It's just it's the element of hockey. It's what makes it so great. Uh, and, and so heartbreaking at the same time because if, if those breaks don't go your way, you know, you feel like you got cheated a little bit. But the Lightning didn't get cheated in this series. They just got, they got beat by a better team who had some better luck. Would you have made any personnel changes in this series? Um, obviously, Tanner Janot sits the, the last couple of games. Um, there were some guys out there that weren't producing a lot that could have come out of the lineup as well. What are your thoughts on that? Didn't have much roster flexibility, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. Syracuse was playing, right? They're still involved in their, their playoffs. They have a, a deciding game five, I think, on Friday night against Rochester uh, in the AHL. Um, so they just didn't have options, you know? And, and we know that, you know, Hedman was playing through something. Pretty sure Braden Point was playing through oh, something yeah. after that. He took to, to, to the hit to Morgan Riley. Oh, yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, and we'll find out uh, exit interview day is tomorrow. So we'll find out, hopefully we'll find out if there were some other injuries that were hampering guys as well, because there always is something that you're not aware of that guys were kind of battling through, but they just, you know, you had, you had two scratches a night and, and you can't convince me Tanner Janot was hundred percent healthy. Yeah, I mean, that, that injury that he took, you know, it, it I, I think he escaped any knee damage, which is probably why he was back in two weeks. But if it was an ankle sprain, and if it was a high ankle sprain, yeah. I mean, that, that limits you. I, I know, you know, guys try and fight through that kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, you had two guys to lean on. With Eric Chernak out, which was a big factor in the series, yeah. don't fool yourself into thinking it wasn't. Um, you know, you, you had Asamont and Janot as your 12th and 13th forwards, and you had Hayden Fleury as your 7th defenseman. There just wasn't any options for John Cooper to go to, and they, right. they were not going to rob from Syracuse, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, I, I, I just get the sense that they felt the trust in the guys that they had. Yeah. And if you can't trust a guy like Hayden Fleury, who's been with this team all year, you know, and call up somebody from Syracuse to take a defensive spot. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's some question marks if you're going to do that. So um, I, there just wasn't much flexibility that they could do in terms of personnel on the ice. Yeah, and I mean, in general, too, like they talk about the word the process, and I thought the process was as good as it's been all year. They played well. Again, that's yeah, again, that's frustrating did. is they didn't play their best hockey during the regular season. I thought they played their best hockey, you know, for five of these six games. As I expected. And they, and they just didn't work out. Uh, so I guess turning the page a little bit, and we're not used to having to talk about the fe- what goes on next year this early. There's a lot more time to think about it, but. You know, now you get an extra three months off rest than what they've had the last few years. Although the core gets a little older, and the, given the way they played, I mean, it's, you think that they still have, they're still in their, their window, you would say. Absolutely. I mean, what, Stamkos is 33, Hedman will be 33 in December. Uh, those are, you know, let, let's, let's, Brian Elliott and Corey Perry, you know, the guys who are in their mid to upper 30s who probably won't be back. Uh, you know, those are probably your two oldest guys on the team. We'll see what happens with Alex Kalorn, who's scheduled to be a UFA. He's actually the longest tenured player in the system, right? He was a 2007 draft pick. Um, you know, we'll see what his plans are moving forward. But, uh, I mean, you get the next tier. I mean, Kucherov is 30. Vasilevsky's 29, 30 years old. You know, they're not on the other side of their careers right. as of yet. Braden points, what, 26, 27. Mikhail Sergachev. 24. Jay, yeah. I know I heard you talk with uh, Engblom yeah. on the last call the other night. Uh, seems like he's been here for a decade, but he's 24 years old. Sorelli's 25. Uh, yeah. You know, um, Eric Chernak. Yeah. You know, is 25 years old. So th- this is not the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? right, who all of their core players were basically the same age. This is a, a tiered kind of setup that the team has and uh yeah th- this window is absolutely open there's there'll be some changes during the offseason for sure i think you'll have an entirely new fourth line uh i thought uh, mikey asamont fit in well we'll see where he yep. factors in he's he can be a ufa at the end of the year it's a group six it's a, a convoluted cba situation that could make him a ufa even though if people look at his status it shows rfa um you know, and and uh, and yeah, I, I I think this window is absolutely still open. The division is going to get tougher. You look at the strides that Buffalo has made. You look at the strides Ottawa has made. Detroit's sort of on that upswing as well. Uh, so the division is going to be a little bit tougher than it has the past couple of seasons. So points will be harder to come by. Uh, but yeah, I, I still believe that this team, especially if you got eighty-eight net, who can be eighty-eight, then you always get a chance. Eric Erlinson joining us here. And as far as the salary cap goes, it's, I think it's only probably going to go up maybe a million. 
Where are they in terms of salary cap and being able to add anybody? Um, and Kalorn, I think, has said that he doesn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably get a couple of really good offers to do so, though, because, you know, the Lightning players that go other places tend to elevate their teams. Yanni Gord, uh, Palat. So what, what do you think the Kalorn situation is? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it, it's, it's easy for a player in his situation to say, yeah, I want to stay and I'll take a home team discount, but what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, look at Palat. Palat didn't want to leave, but there was no way. And you look at the, the, the contract that he got, what, five years, $30 million yeah. from New Jersey. Alex Kalorn's coming off his best statistical season of his career. He had a monster playoffs in that series. I mean, he might have been the most consistent forward yeah. this team had out there in that, in that six games. So, you know, if, if he chooses to go the UFA route, then there will be plenty of suitors willing to, you know, give him a decent contract even at the age of 33. Right. Like it's so it's it's easy to say it. And I and I know I know Alex is sincere. He's, he's not just saying, yeah, I want to stay. No, he really, really does not want to go somewhere else. I mean, he certainly made that clear during the expansion draft process. Um, but it's it's just a willing to how much because the team and, and this is going to be the case here for, you know, until the cap goes up significantly, you're going to be in cap hell and yeah. they're going to be in cap hill next year because you have Sorelli. Sergachev and Chernak's contract extensions Damn. kicking in next year. And yeah, you're, you're going to, you know, see guys drop off the roster, Perry and, and Belmar and those guys, but it's not going to open up a ton of cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have an RFA, you know, what are you going to do with Ross Colton? He's a restricted free agent. Who's got arbitration rights. Uh, he's had a 20 goal season in his career and, you know, he could probably receive a substantial arbitration award. So it's going to be interesting to see how the team handles that situation. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, there's not a, lot, a ton of flexibility, but uh, as we've seen with Julian Breezeball in the past, he finds ways to make it happen. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, before we get you out of here, real quick, uh, give me a landscape across the NHL playoffs, the shockers we had. Florida takes out Boston. Oh, that's so sad. And then the abs are gone as well. This is a wide-open field. We get another Game yeah. 7 tonight. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, again. It shows you the beauty of hockey. It's yeah. uh, I, I mean, TJ Reeves said it's there's it's the only thing that compares to NCAA, March you know, Madden. first round March yeah. Madness with the upsets and everything because it's true. I mean, what what other league are you going to get a team that you know what, what was Florida forty three points less yeah. than the yeah. Bruins during the regular season? Uh, it, it's nice to know now that Lightning have some company, right? <laughs> in exactly. first round exits with the historical seasons. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's wide open. Um, I really like Dallas in the West. I think that, you know, they, they got a team that's uh, pretty deep. They got a goalie in Jay Gottinger, who's proven now that he is the real deal. Uh, I can do it. I know a lot of people like Edmonton because of McDavid and and Dreisaitl and Dreisaitl was a beast in that series against the Kings. Um, you know, but I, I like Dallas coming out. I I don't, I don't think Seattle is going to knock off uh, another team, um, you know, it's, it's a great story, but I, I think it, it ends in round two for them. Yeah. And then the East, boy, uh, Toronto, Florida, I don't think too many people had that Mm-mm. in their bracket for, for round number two. Um, uh, you know, I, look, I like, the, I like the Panthers' chances. I like their, um, you know, with, with Matthew Kachuk's attitude and what he brings Oof. to that team. I mean, he wow. showed it in that series against the Bruins. So uh, if, if the Leafs thought that they were just going to cruise now uh, to the next round, the Panthers have something in store for them. And then uh, Carolina and uh, either the Rangers or the Devils, I think, will be a hell of a series as well. Uh, it, coming out of the East, um, you know, if Carolina can find some some scoring, it, it maybe this is their year. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with uh, Carolina and Dallas coming out of uh, 
Okay. And, and, and giving us a cup final there. All right. Sounds like another nightmare for the NHL. Again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that sounds like to me. Hey, how, how about this? Kevin, Kevin is showing me right now. Snoop Dogg is interested in buying the Ottawa Senators. What? Snoop Dogg. M- Mr. Mr. L.A. Kings himself. What like the, he's been in the booth with the Kings. Two things he is that don't in fit. Becoming a hockey owner. <laughs> two things that don't fit: the Ottawa Senators and Snoop Dogg. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and now world, he's trying to compete with Ryan Reynolds. The world we live in, right? <laughs> oh my God! So many Christmas. All right, Parker. Hey, tell everybody how they can get Lightning Insider and what uh, the off season should be interesting as well for the Lightning. So you got yeah, news. it's uh, yeah, that's that's the website lightninginsider.com. Uh, exit interview day is tomorrow, so we'll get some uh, updates on uh, hope maybe some injury situations and maybe some insight into where some of these guys' minds are are, are going uh, as we head towards the off season. The podcast is out there, Lightning Insider podcast as well. So uh, lots to discuss over the summer, and I'll do my best to keep on top of it all. Yep, a must listen and a must look at with the uh, with the website. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate you all season long jumping on with us. Great stuff, man. Thank right. you so Thanks, much. Boys. Thanks Be to well. Kevin, too. Your, your son there did a hell of a job <laughs> with, my, with our postgame show. So thanks to him for that as well. Um, hey. All right. Uh, quick break. Uh, Chris Lugo is coming up next. We're going to get into some interesting talk about uh, your screen. So stay with us. Quick break. There is no better place to shop for jewelry than the Gold and Diamond Source. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the Gold and Diamond Source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on to select products and you probably heard a lot about lab created diamonds folks they hold no real value you will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab created diamond and of course it's fake it doesn't mean as much the golden diamond source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget folks interest-free financing up to five years a layaway program 20 percent down and only six monthly payments and of course the diamond savings account where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade it's all there for you at the golden diamond source 3800 omerton road always online at the golden diamond ladies and gentlemen are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there you don't know where to start right we'll start at bay area modern medical center Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right. You know him. You love him. He joins us every Monday about this time. Chris Lugo from Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Trimming up everybody with his new true body machine. What's going on, Chris? How are you, buddy? Guys, how's it going? Oh, life is good. Uh, I'm interested more in the true body machine. People are talking about this now. They're asking me about, does this thing really work, man? Do I don't have to do crutches? 
Well, yeah, tell them. Crazy Young. It's freaking really good, actually. I was a little uh, pragmatic when I first got it, but Lourdes and I were talking this morning. It's uh, finding the different protocol for the, that person, who what's going to work best for them, someone who's athletic, someone who's not athletic. But it's been working really well. Um, pleasantly surprised, really and truly. Cool. Well, so if you uh, if you that's something, give me the profile of the person that probably needs this more than anything. Somebody does not have a lot of time to work out. What 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 were you seeing? Anybody, Anybody, someone who doesn't have a time to work out, someone who's been injured, who doesn't want to take a month off from the gym, someone who's never worked out before, someone who's working out all the time. We're actually doing a model. Um, she's actually coming in this morning. Um, she looks, I should say, completely different, but she's already getting compliments from her trainer who trains her saying, wow, you look differently. So that's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's, there's so much emphasis these days on plastic surgery, right? Liposuction, uh, all these other things. Which, BBL. Yeah, it's a BBL. It, these are things that, you know, I'll let you discuss this. They're not natural, obviously. So they have side effects just like medicines do. So give me the pros and cons of... of Plastic surgery versus, you know, true body versus working out, better nutrition. Well, it all starts with the foundations of health, which we've talked about before. Sleep, working out, clean foods, right? So that's the foundation for health. Plastic surgery, I think there's some people who would benefit from plastic surgery for a facelift. You and I are getting old, right? Things are starting to settle, losing that collagen. Hey, getting a little facelift would probably wouldn't be a bad thing for some people who who think they need it, right? Right. True body in the sense that it helps those areas that are stubborn, that won't come away. Hey, I don't want to go to undergo the knife. I don't want downtime. I want to, I'd rather do something minimally invasive. This is really the better way to go. And the side effects of plastic surgery. They're, they're, they're sick. Anesthesia. Yeah. First and foremost. I mean, there's a prominent plastic surgeon or a cosmetic surgeon in this town who had someone die on his table, right? That, yeah. It, it's a scary thing, but it's always a possibility when you undergo the knife is that you may not wake up. Um, it's rare. It's really rare. It does happen, though, and, unfortunately. And you, when you do that, uh, I've seen some people that have the liposuction done, and if they don't address the underlying causes and still continue to eat like they do, then your body starts looking really weird, right? You got it. It's permanent weight loss, just like true body, just like what we do here is it's permanent weight loss, but... If you eat uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at McDonald's, it's going to come back in other places. You're not going to like it. And exactly. That's going to be more stubborn and harder to get rid of. Yeah. I also want to talk about uh, screen time. Um, and my screen time, I'm actively – because you can track it on your phone. I typically up seven, eight hours a day on my phone. Um, it's part of my job. But even that, I'm starting – I really want to try to limit it. What are the effects of screen time on us as adults and kids? It depends. You like that answer, right? Yeah. It depends on what you're watching. If you're on TikTok all day long, you're, you're mind screwing yourself. I'll, I'll, be, I'll keep a PG here. You're mind screwing yourself, really and truly, just seeing everything that's, that's coming across. If you're doing work, you're sending out emails, you're creating content for the show, um, you're putting together you know, a new slew of slogans out there, that's a different story. But when you're spending all your time on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, that's more of a detriment to your life. For one thing, you're getting that dopamine rush every single time you're seeing something pop up, just like your instant message that pops up and that little blue light comes on. 
But for some people, they're now they're getting this this body morphia issue going on. They think they need to be different. Right. Their the work life needs to be different. Their home life needs to be different. Now they're having more of a psychological issue. We also talked about screen time as far as getting to bed. We used to think it was all the blue light, so you need blue light blocker glasses before you do that because that's screen time. Yeah. There's been a few studies recently that have been published kind of debunking that myth. They think it's more of the content that you're being exposed to and not really necessarily the light coming off the screen. So that's still a work in progress on, hey, what's really the issue? The content you're looking at or the light that you're, you're manipulating? Yeah. But anything, you should be shutting this all down roughly about an hour before bedtime. Let your body, let your brain decompress so you're not going 100 miles an hour at nighttime and that you can actually get to bed. So shut off the phone, shut off the TV, pick up a book, start reading, and you'll be asleep in two minutes. That's what I <laughs> Get a hot shower, get into a cold bed, take some magnesium, take some glycine before bedtime. Poisons in the dose of those supplements. One person's may not be the same as the other person's dose. Those, all those things. Meditate, little box breathing, little you know, uh, personal time. All you don't necessarily have to read, um, but something just to let your mind just kind of decompress. All right. Also, you want to talk about uh, semaglutide and uh, terz. I'll let you say the other one. Terzepatide. Yeah, Manjaro. Oh, You're seeing the all Manjaro on the news. I'm laughing. When I'm saying this, because I've been using Manjaro for over a year now, thinking it was the, always the better one out there because it's combination. But it still has the same bad side effects. People are getting skinny fat off this stuff. People, these meds are being poured out right now by all these plastic surgeons. All these med spas are all jumping on board. They're pumping them out. They're not educating their patients on how to get, how to counteract the bad side effects of these drugs. Okay, Fenteramine, Fenchometrazine, high blood pressure. Racing heart rate, disturbed sleep patterns. These, hey, you're getting skinny fat. You're losing lean muscle mass because you're not eating. So, hey, what's your protein consumption should be during the day when you're on these meds? What's your exercise routine on these meds? Because if not, you're losing lean muscle mass, which now accelerates osteopenia, osteoporosis. Right. So that's the big thing that these, these clients, these patients aren't being educated properly. They're just being dispensed drugs online. And hey, have a nice day. Yeah. See this, and this is the difference with what you do at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. You can use this, some of the same drugs, but they have to be used in the right way. Testosterone's the same yeah. way, right? If you're not same using, exact thing. Yeah. I mean, I tell them, hey, I'm a weird provider. Uh, I actually give a shit about you. I actually <laughs> care about you, and I don't want you having bad side effects because all drugs have side effects, right? But educating that patient on. Do you remember Sims? Uh, um, clothing line that was on Hillsborough yeah. Avenue. They want an educated consumer. Right. I want an educated client. I want an educated patient. I want to understand why we're doing what we're doing, not just because. Right. All yeah, right, folks. There you go. Um, that, we can end it on that right there because that's the difference. You know, most of these places they give you ten minutes with your doctor, if if that. Exactly. And uh, this is a whole body approach, and this why we love chatting with you, and you give us great information. Bay Thank Area you. Modern Medical Center, B A M M C dot com. Go there, get an appointment, and uh, you will be very happy with the results. I'm going to tell you that. Thanks, Chris. Big Appreciate, chat. It. Appreciate it. All right, we'll Have chat a good next week. week. Yeah, always brings up so many great things to talk about too. We should probably do this earlier in the show. But it's so true because 
it's all it's, it's become such a money business. It's a money business, and they can just dispense the stuff now out on the internet. You don't have to come in for a visit. You'll never see them again. You know, you get on the scale, and it looks like it's working, but you're losing muscle instead of fat, and that makes you less healthy. So you may weigh less, but you're much less healthy, and you probably don't look as good because your body is now fat instead of muscular. So not good. Not good. All right. Uh, our thanks to Eric Erlinson who joined us today. Our thanks to all of you who contributed today. Popped in. Uh, Mario, Jordan, Richie P., Jeremy, all you guys really appreciate your insights. And um, thanks for watching. Don't forget, you download our app at Fanstream Sports. You're having some issues with that. I know we've had some technical problems. We're addressing that this week. So if you do have any issues, by the way, if you ever do, please email us and let us know what's going on. We really appreciate it. You can also watch us on RHS TV. That's Red House Streaming TV. Download that app as well, and you can watch us anytime along with some other great content. And uh, we're always available on FanStreamSports.com. We're redoing that website, so check it out. Um, my son Cullen's working on it as we speak. So have a great day, everybody. Enjoy Game 7 tonight. Go Rays. Talk to you later.